Hey, powerful professionals, welcome to Issues in Black and White, where we discuss key values and social issues. Today, we are going to talk about questioning. Questioning being a verb to feel or express curiosity and to raise objections to. So, La, what are your Mm. views on questioning in the classroom? In the classroom? Well, it's, I mean one of the most important tools at our disposal for pushing students to understand more in depth, to express themselves, to, to I was just going to say, to question, to um, what challenge, I suppose, or um, work out what their views are on mm-hmm. certain things. Um, I think it's an important, it's a bedrock of teaching mm-hmm. that we need to kind of, and I think we do give plenty of attention to at training stages and then throughout careers as yeah. well, because it's not something you just get, you know, mm-hmm. how to, you know, how to question the, every student in front of you because yeah. every, every group of students is very, very different. Yeah. And every individual actually needs yeah. questioning in different ways. I think mm-hmm. um, some will need, some will just need open questions and they're good to go and they can talk for hours. <laughs> some are the polar opposite to that. And, mm-hmm will be very reluctant to share a single thing. Mm. And then, of course, there's also different types of questioning. I'm thinking about questioning in terms of almost facilitating discussion or attempting to facilitate discussion in the classroom. But we're also constantly asking questions. We ask students questions that they write in their books independently, Mm. you know, comprehension questions or maths questions or whatever. We, um, we ask students questions when we, or students should be asking themselves questions Mm. when they're doing independent work. Mm. You know, there's so many different types of questions that come up in just an hour of teaching. Mm. I remember actually when we were doing our PGCE that you would often do like your essays on classroom talk Mm. and kind of looking, yeah, looking at that. I feel like that was a real interest for you um, back then. How have you found that to develop that? Yeah, it's still a big, it's still really um, an interest, I suppose. It's still obviously really important. Mm. I think the reason I find it so important is because I learn through talking. Mm. So I'm not so I, I, off, I, we, I think we touched on this in the listening episode. I mm. often interrupt people or talk back to people, not talk back in a rude way, but you know, mm. repeat what someone said, because mm. <clears throat> that's how I process it in my head. Mm. So I suppose it's a sense of, well, how do we encourage students to do that in the class mm. in a way that's going to help them understand what we're doing even more? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's really important. I'm, I'm less interested, actually, in group discussion now than I used to be. Mm. Um, Among students, that, do you mean? Yeah, Interesting. yeah. Possibly because I've become more of a control freak in the classroom. Um, mm. In that I think the more you know what's going on, the more you can listen in on, the more you hear everything. And obviously in group work, you won't hear everything. The more you're able to quickly assess where students are at Mm -hmm. and target and tailor the lesson accordingly so Mm -hmm. I I feel like there's less less said time but I realize that's quite controversial because lots of people would say that well actually group discussion isn't dead time because whether you know what they're talking about or not there's a process there that's going on that is invaluable Mm -hmm. and I do I do agree with that too but I suppose everyone's got different styles haven't they I might definitely geared more towards less group work Interesting. I love mm. I love group work and mm. I use it I like to use it all the way till year thirteen. Yeah. Because um I think that no matter 
how much knowledge I have. The way that I've found when my students develop a good like working relationship with each other, and it does take a while actually to establish what groups actually work. I do find myself often, I found myself back then, sorry, um, often kind of switching up who was in a group, particularly with like year 10 and 11, I didn't have to do the switch ups as much with year 13, year 12 and 13. But with key stage four, like trying to get the right students to work with each other because of where they like are um, stronger or need like, those areas of development and trying to figure out like where they mesh well. Um, and I feel like they're able better actually than me to explain to each other exactly what it is that they do to bring about that particular strength or bring about that particular aspect of their work. And of course, there is obviously, and I do agree with you, that there is an importance of kind of having your ear to the ground and like recognising where students are and what they can do and stuff like that. But I have also found it to be quite fruitful um, students speaking amongst themselves. That isn't to say that they always speak about um, the work all the time but I have also found myself you know being like guys come on we've got to focus and like miss we are focused you know being so shocked that the room is loud thinking that they're chatting about their own things but actually you know so I think there's a space for two but I also think it's really important to get the group like dynamics right mm. I think that's the thing so that how- I really valued yeah and I, I totally agree how do you um and actually we spent a lot of time doing that when we had our, when we shared a, a group didn't we we spoke a lot about which groups work better together how do you help how do you train students because you mentioned at the beginning like yeah. it takes some work to get them to do it well yeah how do you set that up um I think it's a case of um the very kind of it's not something first of all I don't just push them in groups from term one so it is a slow process in terms of that respect. And that first time is quite long between mm. um, uh, September until December, if we're talking like long terms, I right. use that whole time. And that gives me opportunity to get to know the students to have assessed <laughs> their work quite a lot and seen patterns in how they actually keep falling down despite the targets and all the rest of it. <laughs> and then um, <laughs> I think that I... Um, one of the things I struggled with when I was doing my PGCE was chunking tasks. So I spent <clears> a lot of time learning how do you break down the task so that the lesson, like, you're not doing the whole task at one point in the lesson and then it's like everyone's just looking around or they're really struggling because you haven't taken them step by step. So I found that ways of breaking it down might be the fact that all the students are doing a part of the lesson. So they do have to come together. Otherwise, people are going to miss out on certain parts. Do you know what I mean? So giving them a sense of responsibility has, I found, been a really good way to kind of build that trust and build that camaraderie. Um, Also, them being in the same group with the same people every so often when we get to that, they start to recognise the work that their their peers do. They start to develop a, um, like, a comfort in working with each other. They actually start to ask, Miss, can I go and sit? And they're not actually friends because I will not be pairing friends together. I could tell you that much. Um, but they're not actually friends outside at like lunchtime and stuff. But they would still want to work with that person because they sure. value the feedback that they get. 
um, from them. And so in a way, then it's like we're all learning from each other. I, I, that's the way I see it. And I think that just helps with the process a little bit. But I think the key thing that helps me to train them is giving them responsibility. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the key thing. You know, I think as well, resources help. Like I like to create um, assessment style resources that are manageable for the students. Um that ask questions yeah mm. of, of the work so they can use those questions to guide the the way mm. that they interrogate the other person's work and kind of encourage them to build so I find actually a good resource is helpful to yeah you. yeah so you're basically scaffolding how they are going to have to react interact with people for the rest of their lives yeah. and that's so important mm. yeah tutorials at uni and beyond that in the workplace mm. you know when you were describing what good group work looks like I actually the first thing I imagined or thought about was my department meetings mm. like that's how we work mm. um so and that's happening obviously in schools across the country but in all sorts of yeah. professions and walks of life people are collaborating and working together yeah. to achieve things so and that I mean yeah there's no questioning <laughs> <laughs> but, that is, <laughs> but that is super important and um it is valuable and yeah. vital yeah yeah um interesting mm. what 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 about if you're a newly qualified teacher what do we say to them about questioning what's our advice to them or our thoughts for them saying questions off the top of your head is actually quite challenging um especially quality style yeah. questions so i would say writing those questions down and like as a part of a lesson plan like you said at the beginning of the episode like questions are really important part of you know any lesson or learning mm. really so just like you would plan the lesson I think planning the questions would be really really useful mm. um to help develop that skill um and I think as well like um, the last thing I would probably say that I found to be really helpful is when creating assessments, you need to study the questions that are asked in assessments and use that as a frame for the questions you ask your students. And the reason is, is because there will be students in your class who will not be trained in answering the questions to that style. I think something we take for granted as teachers is that we are able to recognise, and it seems really simple to us, but actually getting a bit of practice of the style of question within the classroom helps for the students to really practice mm. and understand what the question is asking for. So that's what I would say. It's quite a lot. Great, Sorry, really but... good advice. No, yeah. all really good. I, love the, I love the idea about writing down, because as you were talking, I was thinking, you know what, there is really... There is a high, not hierarchy of questions, but there is such a thing as a bad question, mm. a badly formed question, mm -hmm. and there's such a thing as a really well formed question. And I think that is a skill that lots of teachers will work on for their whole careers, yeah. um, because every time you approach a new topic, you're thinking about well, what are the kinds of questions I need to ask, and using the assessment to guide you is a really good idea. There. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, multiple choice questions as well, like mm. having a bit of an understanding of that before creating tests, especially if they're going department wide. I think would be really good as well, like Agreed. knowing what how you can really create quite rigorous multiple choice yeah. um there's options. a lot of research out there isn't yeah there? Neuro neuroscientific research about good yeah good exactly options good and also options. things like statements of best fit that's a type of question like which exactly. one would you choose yeah those so, sorts of things yeah, which is so another multiple choice isn't it yeah 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 you're listening to issues in black and white I think, especially, actually, especially for teachers who have been teaching for a long time, I think mm. we fall into quite, can fall into bad habits mm. of um, who we ask what to. And I think we 
are in whether it's a good thing or not a culture in schools where we label students mm. we you know we have to we have to mark whether they're people premium or we have to be aware of their prior attainment mm. and obviously we've got other we've got other markers like gender perhaps mm. in some schools race etc etc um we have to watch our bias our unconscious bias when we're questioning we have to make sure we're not just asking the lowest prior attain or the student that's struggling the most that first um gateway question and then bouncing up to those students who are pushing themselves to ask the harder questions we have to ask a range to all of those students constantly super important absolutely and also support them in doing that and i've found um I'm trying to think about my trainee year. I had this particular student who was able, but she had a lot of like home circumstances that meant that her focus was quite limited when mm-hmm. in like class. And there were aspects of her ability that didn't really shine through because she just wasn't doing study at home as much and stuff like that. So I found that planning the question beforehand and having that written down on a little card because it might be a more challenging question and having give her opportunity I'm going to ask you this in 10 minutes think about it do you know what I mean and you're listening to issues in black and white okay so that's the classroom yeah what about what about ourselves Mm. what about questioning ourselves Mm. I mean obviously well I mean I think that there are two prongs to this isn't there there's the questioning in terms of curiosity Mm. Um, and therefore learning mm. but there's also the question the questioning in terms of challenge and raising objections and mm. I think both of them are super important for mm. for us for teachers for people um do you want to talk about one of them both of them um I wasn't even thinking about either of those two but yes oh, I can. oh or a different one yeah or what you <laughs> no I, w- I was thinking about reflection but oh I think I, I that's what I would link with um curiosity oh, okay I think yeah like okay tell, yeah because you reflect to move forward yeah yeah you? yeah so um yeah I think asking questions of yourself is is really really important um I I think that asking questions of where you are so like um oftentimes the teacher standards are what are used to kind of help navigate where you are or how well you're doing and stuff like that and I have no real objections to the teacher standards, to be fair. I'm glad that we didn't have, we started our um, career when there wasn't like 48 or something like that. We just <laughs> had the eight yeah. and it was fine. Um, so I don't really have many objections to it, but I do feel like there are aspects of it that are missing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being well-being. And I mm. think as well as asking questions about where am I in terms of my marking, in terms of my subject knowledge, in terms of my relationship with the students and creating an environment where they feel motivated, for example, I also think there needs to be a question of, OK, even though I'm doing really well at this, how is my well-being as a result? Because, you know, healthy teachers make better teachers, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I think just making sure that, yes, ask the questions about the teacher standards, but then also remember the well-being aspect. I would say. And it's really hard actually doing that because what you're saying is take the emotions out of it to an extent. Like in order to really sit and reflect, yeah. you have to almost go outside of yourself a yeah. little bit. But you're but you're actually reflecting on your emotions. Yeah, no, <laughs> so it's a really hard skill. But yeah. it, I totally agree. It's so important. It's self awareness. It's yeah. so important because other, otherwise, and I mean, you can have, the most self aware people can still experience burnout, but you're more likely to get to that point sooner absolutely without it and I think as well just remembering that well-being is how you feel but also 
what you eat and how much mm-hmm. exercise you've done over the term and how much time you spent with friends, how much time yeah. you spent working at home. Like it's there's a bit do you know what I mean? It isn't yeah. just there is a clinical aspect to it as well, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Any other reasons to reflect? Like anything else that it brings? Of ourselves. Oh, um any reasons to reflect. Um I think in terms of challenging um I think that sometimes there's just not enough time in school, mm. you know, to really challenge things. Challenging things within the school, um, you have to be quite wise and you have to know who it is to speak to about yeah. certain things and whether it's an appropriate time to address that. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I also think on that, I think it depends on the school you're in as well. In yeah. the, I think, or the department you're in, or the mm. group of teachers you're in, or whatever. But I think, I think, um, and actually, this is wider than schools. It depends on whatever uh, company or whatever you're in. Mm. I think um, leaders have a responsibility to co- to create a culture of challenge and curiosity and yeah. questioning. Mm. And I think if that culture hasn't been created then challenging things is even harder. Um, yeah. And actually, as a leader, it is actually really hard to create a culture like that because yeah. sometimes you can you can feel personally attacked. Yeah. You know, you create a culture in which you want to be challenged and you want your staff to say no or yes or mm. how about this or maybe or mm, can we stop and think. But sometimes when you've put lots of thought and effort into something and then someone immediately says that, you, 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 do, take it, <laughs> you do take it a bit personally, yeah. um, which, of course, is a real double-edged sword. Um but as leaders, I, I my belief is that it's our job to take that on the chin and get rid of any ego and hubris and just accept that either we're wrong or we haven't got the whole picture yet. There are levels of challenge, right? Like you can have yes. a challenge in terms of within the department, but then there are also some establishments that make it more and more difficult to see the head. Mm. do you know what I mean so mm-hmm. who, who are you challenging do you know what I mean it's, it's yeah 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 you've got to be able to challenge where you need yeah. to where it's relevant and where it's going to make the most difference yeah. absolutely and and challenge is possible when you feel like there is a presence that mm. can actually support that change coming yeah, about yeah absolutely but also can I just say can we not challenge for challenge's sake like I'm Agreed. tired of challenging just to raise the question and seem like really like out Devil's of the box and thinking like yeah, come yeah, on yeah, I have got time for that listen if you're gonna challenge bring wisdom yes agreed um final thing can I just ask yeah one thing we haven't touched on in terms of questioning is that sense of questioning ourselves um like do when does reflection or curiosity about ourselves cross over into self-doubt um I think it crosses over when we aren't actually thinking about what our goals are, but we think we're just condemning ourselves. Mm. I think when you're when you reflect just so that you can tell yourself how terrible you're doing, then you're not reflecting, are you really? You're just beating yourself up, I think. I agree. Um, and I think for people who are more naturally inclined for introspection, they should write down for everything they want to improve. What one or two do. things that they think they've done really well yeah or what they've done it's really a good well way yeah in. no for sure yeah. agree with that yeah 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 
Um, I think it's just every reflection needs to come with some kinds of point of action. Like every like mm. area of improvement Mm-mm. should have a point of action. If you can't think of one, then forget about that one and pick one that you can yeah. think of a point of reflection. And then maybe as you grow in your in your time, you will be able to see enough people and enough methods that you can try out yourself. Yeah. Yourself. yeah. You know? Or ask people, question other people. Or you know, if you can't people. find if you can't find action, ask someone. Ask someone with the experience. Or yeah, like, oh, yeah. I hope um, you enjoyed this episode, powerful professionals. Um, send us your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram at issues in B and W, um, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you get a chance. And we look forward to con- continuing the discussion uh, soon. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.